Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have a treat. Mike Martin, who is the host of Project Mindfully Outdoors, is coming back on the show to kind of talk to us about how his dreams and goals have been, what he's up to nowadays. And so we'll jump right into it. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How you been? I am doing great as well. Thanks so much for asking. Um, I can't remember. Do you know how long ago it was that we had you on the show? You know, I want to say it's probably been at least a year and a half to two years. I know it was right at the beginning of when I kicked this project into a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, cool. Tell us a little bit. Give the audience a refresher of Project Mindfully Outdoors and what you've been up to. Well, let me tell you, Project Mindfully Outdoors has taken a huge evolution as my journey has changed because it was founded upon my battle with depression and anxiety. As I've sorted things out, I kind of shared it and it really caught on because originally the goal was uh, tap into helping the outdoor community, but it's been embraced by both the people in the community and outside of it and brought tons of people into it. It's become more of like a meditation-based outdoors philosophy type thing which revolves around obviously meditation and philosophy, but the wilderness as well, you know, carbs or honing your skills through camping, hiking, fishing, all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so tell us a little bit more about kind of what your dreams and goals were in the beginning and how it's taken a turn and then what they are now. Well, my dream and my goal with it was uh, just to satisfy the obligations that I have with a couple of hunting sponsors. I have a social media presence and I wanted to do it in a different way because everybody does those amazing how to's or check out these hunts I'm on. And then, like I said, I battled with my mental health and everything for a long time. And I wanted to be that voice that made a difference that gave somebody a place to go when they were suffering struggling with their own problems and that has become this whole camp of healing and growth which i never imagined and it from there it expanded into hooking up with tons of different awesome sponsors and all these cool different hunting and fishing and in-person events speaking and it's been for a lack of different a different way to put it awe-inspiring to myself because it's further not only my business dreams of owning my and running my own business, but it's also been the fuel for me to jump forward and progress in my own personal life, which has been something I'm extremely grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Man, that is so cool. So how would you put your motivation today? What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Has, do you think it's changed in the past couple of years? Talk to us a bit about that. I think, honestly, it's gone from just getting up and putting one foot in front of the other to, like, this celebration. 
like I said, gratitude has become something that is like this massive circle that I'm just smack dead in the middle of. And to me, the definition of gratitude is celebrating the things that are around you and really enjoying and living, loving what life hands you. And that's, that's where I find myself now, like in this massive party that kind of shifts between the concrete world and the outdoors, the wilderness. And it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, <laughs> if you haven't seen the last episode with Mike, the man is a changed man right now. His whole demeanor, <laughs> how he's talking to me, it is like a completely different world. So the stuff that Mike has been doing really has changed a lot. And so you've talked about gratitude here, Mike, and celebrating the things that are around you. How did you start to develop that discipline? I'll call it that discipline of gratitude. All right. This is where it gets intriguing to a lot of people when I bring this idea. And, you know, being a hunter and a fisherman, obviously I had interaction with animals. Well, I dove in, I actually uncovered a book called The The Wind is My Mother by Bear Hart. And in there, I kind of stumbled onto this idea of animal medicine, animal totems. And how it invites you to step outside of that story we tell ourselves. Because when you look at an animal's behavior and what it represents, you know, an animal doesn't have the ability to tell itself a story. You know, like, for example, a deer. A deer doesn't have the ability to say, man, I'm on the menu for every single thing in this world. You know, I better go hide in a corner. And when you step in and you look at the way an animal interacts with the world, it pulls you out of that. And that was the initial inspiration. And I can share this really cool story with you. Cause like, you know, like I've told you before, anxiety has been the hugest stumbling block. Right. And last season it was the height of the rut. And one of my biggest rules when it comes to hunting that I hold myself to is I've got to have a connection with the animal that I'm pursuing. You know, I got to be able to say, I've seen that deer before. I've done, you know, whatever connection we've got going on. And now the November 15th was the day because it's obviously the height of the run. It was cold and miserable, man. I'm standing in this tree in almost blizzard-like conditions. This beautiful, amazing young buck come through. He had a rack that we would drool and all dream over. And I couldn't shoot him based off of how I hold myself. You know, I'd never seen him before. So I'm standing there in this tree, just freezing, right? And I'm like, dude, I'm a hunter. You know, what am I doing? Why am I not pulling the trigger right now? And then I thought about the rest of the experience of my life, my story. And my relationship with anxiety popped up and it was like what I touched on, you know, building into this story is the fact that here Longhorn as I named him actually has his place in life and his job is to further the species. Right? If all the deer collectively said, dude, we are on the menu here for everybody. If I want to live, I got to stay in this little nook and not move their species is going to go exist uh, on extinct. Yeah. And, you know, in order to step through that, 
they have to realize that they've got the skill set within. And that applies so much to my life because an anxiety attack, it's not life and death in reality. In the moment, it damn well feels like it. However, you know, looking at Longhorn, if he can get out there, even though he got himself in that position where I could have taken his life, he knew that had he smelled me or seen me or heard me, he could have ran and he'd been okay. And it's the same thing, you know, with all of this stuff. I've done a lot of my work based on trying to deal with social anxiety. Getting up on a stage and talking in front of 500 people, man, that is that is some scary stuff when you have social anxiety, right? But yeah. if you step into the mindset of that deer, it, it's just like another foot in front of the other. You know, it's just walking that path. And you can do it because the skills are within you. Hmm. I like that. I'm curious, though. Why do you have to wait until you've seen it before to shoot it? I like to have a story. You know, when I have friends over or family over and I'm sharing whatever the harvest is, especially with deer, I like to be able to actually sit down and tell you the direct story of how that deer and I connect. And, you know, it goes back to, uh, like, I believe I shared before the story of the day that my divorce was finalized, you know, I went out to my friend's house and we talked for a minute. I was miserable that day. And I just happened to look up and see this little doe that I said, you know what, that that's going to be the one I can go walk 10 feet, shoot her, take her home, process her and go back to being miserable. But there was just happened to be more off in the corner. I made the rookie mistake and not looking around. And that was kind of like the story that hope brought that together. And to share that over the, ta- over the dinner table it is something that I find not only fun and intriguing, but it also helps people that are close to me to relate to. And ultimately, especially with my children, you know, it helps them to kind of fabricate ideas that are going to help them in life. Mm. Yeah. So not only do you use the kind of what would you call it? It was was it it wasn't animal therapy. It was animal. You know, I like that. That is an original way to put it. But it, it's actually the uh, Native Americans call it, really relied on it. it was spiritual medicine, animal medicine, spiritual, <laughs> medicine, animal medicine. I got gotcha. you. And so not only did you kind of work through some of your stuff, heal yourself by doing animal medicine looking at animals, seeing how they interact with that world, with the world, and then applying it to yourself. But you've also decided to capture those stories and share it with the people around you so they can get that experience by proxy to you. Is that right? Exactly. That, that really covers it. And that's a lot of what I've been doing for the past few years with the podcast is not only tapping into that, but also historical figures that I look up to. I, you know, uh, Zeno, the founder of Stoic Philosophy, he uh, reached out to an oracle and asked this question about how do I find peace and happiness and prosperity in life? And the oracle's response was to communicate with the dead. And through that being through books, writings, and so on and so forth. And I like to take those figures and I like to mix it together to keep it fresh and you know, original, something new to listen to. But build on those stories and find 
things that we can take away to help us in the concrete world, no matter what the mission is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, cool. Mike, tell us a little bit about, we've heard a little bit about your journey and if people really want the in-depth backstory, feel free to go to the last episode Mike was on, on the living the dream podcast. We'll have to link it down in the show notes and find it. Um, but yeah, he goes real in depth in his personal story there. I'm really interested now in dreams and goals for Project Mindfully Outdoors now. Where do you see it going? Where do you see your life going? Talk to us about some of those dreams and goals. I would say I'm still kind of winging it. You know, I'm just letting evolution take its course because I yeah. never, I'm, I'm still caught up in that. I never expected to be where I'm at. But, yeah. you know, to get back to, like I said, with that book, there's the part where Bearheart talked about when you find your purpose, you stumble into it, right? And when you stumble into it, you embrace it, it becomes magical. So my purpose and my goals with Project Mindfully Outdoors has been strictly to help people. You know, it, it's something that brings me joy. It brings me prosperity and abundance within my life and my, you know, really my soul. But it's also opened up all these doors to these fun experiences, getting to meet really cool people that have interesting stories or getting to meet people that really could use, I guess you could say the wisdom that I've explored and discovered and applied to my own. You know, uh, I can give you a great example of, the really satisfying aspect of this was last year for uh, goose season. This local guy, he had been following the show for a little bit. He reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I just took my hunter's safety. I want to go out on my very, very first goose hunt, but I don't know where to, where to go. And I said, you know what, brother, I got nothing going on this weekend. Let's get together. And I'm not only going to tell you where to go or what, to, uh, you know, give you an idea how to do it but I'm going to take you. And as we met up and we got through the day, we were sitting, you know, in the, in the goose fields and whatnot. This guy came and told me, Hey, you know, I'm in a situation where alcohol is ruining my life, but at the same time, it's the only string that I have that's keeping me here. You know, I'm numbing myself so I don't kill myself essentially. And through that conversation, and I'm still working with this with this person to the to this day. It being able to share my story and inspire somebody else, it really speaks to what Project Mindfully Outdoors was founded on. Because of the fact that it was, you know, as I shared the hunting collective podcast that Ryan Holiday just happened to be on after a blotch suicide attempt that saved my life. So I guess you could say my goals with it is to save someone. And it's just that one person, whether I know about it or not. I gotcha. And so what does that all look like in Project Mindfully Outdoors now? I know you still got the podcast going, but it sounds like you got some speaking engagements, some live events, some sponsors. Give us an outline of what the business looks like today. The business today is not only the podcast, but there's a couple of books that I'm working on slowly. There's speaking engagements. I also do online 
and in person guided meditations nowadays, which I love turning people on to it. You know, they'll hear the show and they'll be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence, just like I was. Because to me, when you spoke meditation, I thought it didn't apply to my life. You know, it was the, the Buddhist monks and they're going, hmm, shaving your head and all that. Uh-huh. But in reality, in reality, it was going out back and picking up the crossbow. Being like, dude, the things I'm applying here, that's meditation. Yeah. And to be able to do that and help somebody unlock all these different things within themselves and write their story in a healthy way is the fundamentals of what I'm doing. As far as the sponsorship stuff goes, I've hooked up with some really great brands such as My Medic, which was founded on the same, same avenue that I found was that Project Mindfully Outdoors came about. And for them, they're a first aid company. And that came about because the four siblings that founded the company, their father died in a car accident because he didn't have any equipment, first aid stuff with him let out. And that's been my most fulfilling, you know, sponsorship and relationship. And I've recently, I've tied on to another brand that I've really connected with, which is Unique ARs. And what they do is they produce unique, individual, customized parts for firearms. And what really speaks to me about them is the climate that we live in nowadays. You know, as far as that whole firearm situation, everybody wants to take them away, right? But there's guys like me that, yeah, I've got, I've got my issues or I've had my stumbling blocks. Had I not picked up my tool, that day and gone out back, my life story could have been completely different. Yeah. So it's that education and it's that information and also putting these things in people's hands to show them, Hey, when you do this in a correct, healthy, educated manner, and it's so much fun, so awesome. But then there's, you know, there's, there's countless outdoor brands that I've gotten to work with and just build these experiences and share this stuff with people, which is affect that gratitude and that celebration. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So we got the podcast going. You got some books in the works, the speaking engagements, the online and in-person guided meditations. Now tell me a little bit about these meditations. You compared when you were speaking Buddhist monks shaving their head going, um, to you kind of taking a crossbow out back. So what does meditation mean to you? Meditation to me is an opportunity to literally inventory your soul you get an opportunity to sit you may have to battle that story that's going on in your head but it gives you a chance to figure out which parts are fact and which parts are fiction and you know it's it's that key time to be able to evaluate where you're at how to get to that next step you know one of the phrases that i or analogies that i love to use is if you think about when you're hiking out in mountains, right? Or you're out there and you didn't realize you were going to come across the mountain. And if you were to put that in the course of, in the aspect of life, you get there, you can call it adversity, whatever your, whatever label you want to put. And you realize, man, there just wasn't room in the backpack for the climbing gear. You know, I didn't bring the rope and everything. So I'm going to sit here right here in this valley and you look up. 
every day, realizing I feel I'm stuck in this valley. That that peak, that peak is beautiful. I just want to touch it, but I don't have the rope. The reality is, through meditation, you discover that it's never been about the rope. Every single aspect, muscle, skill, things that it takes are already inside you. And these are safe and peaceful exercises that help you to bring them out and realize. Yeah. I gotcha. And so is continuing with the metaphor, meditation kind of finding the rope within you. Is that kind of that's exactly it? In fact, you know, it was funny because I was journaling this morning. And I was thinking to myself about the exact same idea because I, in my personal life, I'm finding myself in a position where I'm having to now not, not really battle, but change the narrative around some of the, the things that I really find to be fearful in order to enjoy them. And, you know, I mean, I, you can fashion a rope out of portage, out of, you know, buying and so on and so forth in the wilderness. But in the end, it never gets beyond the fact of fear, right? Regardless of what it is, you sit there, you stare up, that adversity, it scares you, so don't do it. You say, oh, well, if I climb it by hand, I'm going to cut my hands up. I'm going to straighten my knee. Now, when you meditate on something like that, you realize that within the pain and the challenge of actually climbing and scaling this mountain, you unlock the the ability to get there. Because we never, ever get to advance throughout life without feeling some kind of pain. Mm. Pain or whatever it is, physical or mental, whatever, it's only for a moment. It's there to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, any other dreams and goals that you want to chat about before we move on? We got uh, like this quote. So I wrote it down. When you find your purpose, you stumble into it. So helping people with Project Mindfully Outdoors is the main goal. And then sharing your story to inspire someone else or save someone else. Those are the two I got right now. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I think when it comes to my work as a whole, outside of actually getting these books finished and out into the hands of people, so you know that pretty much covers it. I mean, I like I like you know like I've told you a couple of different ways. This is like one of those dream jobs that it was never intended to become a job. Yeah, And it was founded on something that was completely authentic, that was lived. Uh And I think to be able to share that is the ultimate goal. All the other stuff that comes with it is like icing on the cake. I love it. What are the top one to two skills that you personally need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true? I think it's more on the actual business end of things, because this has been literally a a process of blazing a trail. And, you know, it gets back to the idea of 
It's not about the tools that you didn't bring with you. It's about acquiring the skills along the process, along the trail. And that's where I'm learning and discovering now, such as, you know, actually building, maintaining websites and how to really market things and make all these actual business and aspects of it. The, the monotony, the, the stuff that we would love, would love to outsource. But when you do it yourself and you discover how to do it, it gives you that that sense of pride gets to be expressed. Mm. There we go. So we got building and maintaining websites and then the really marketing things. Yeah, I think it's more that uh, stepping outside of that limiting belief of what am I doing? This is kind of dumb, but I really, really want to do it. And you know, actually making it manifest itself because you put in the work and the time and, you know, like I meant, like I, I touched on, it brings out that pride. So it's more, uh, still discovering the mind shift change based upon acquiring the skills and the knowledge and, you know, putting those things into work. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, what are the highest impact daily actions that will tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals. We know the skills. What are the daily actions? Is actually holding my holding myself to the fire, you know, getting in there and not just reading an article and saying, okay, now I understand it, but actually tinkering with the details and the bullet points of that article into a way that works for me. And that actually comes for me it feels like it comes kind of like in leaps and bounds like you know you read x amount of articles you think about it and you almost end up procrastinating you're like man that that just still feels like it's out of my framework and then there's that day where you're like okay i'm not thinking about anything i'm not reading anything i'm just going to put my put myself in the seat and I'm going to do whatever comes to mind. And that's where this progress really happens for me. It's an interesting thing to sit back and watch and be like, okay, I did that because of this. Now let me keep myself away from the procrastination and discover what the next little thing is that I can just do because I've been studying it and put now put it into action. Yeah. Holding yourself with the fire, tinkering with the details and applying the stuff you learn day in, day out. That's right. Okay. Okay. How can you hold yourself to the fire tomorrow? What does holding yourself to the fire right now look like? Right now for me, when I think about holding myself to the fire, I look at at the idea of how I'm connecting with it. No, there's that, that, Part of it where it's the reading, the then there's the actual doing. But in my world, disconnection is another thing that has always been a struggle. So if I'm able to hold my foot to the fire and look at how I'm connecting with it, it builds the motivation to step outside of procrastination. So 
I would have to say that that's my biggest thing for me is the connection with whatever I'm, it is. I'm okay. I gotcha. Sounds good. And then if there was a character trait that you could develop right now to help your dream life come true, what would that character trait be? Yeah, that, that's kind of a tough one. I think that character trait would have to be acknowledging the fact that fear isn't within me. Hmm. Yeah, you know, we all need that healthy sense of fear in order to look and think twice about what it is that we're doing. But I think being able to to further further develop the understanding that fear is simply an aspect of it's basically a color on the color palette that we're painting our story with Yeah, is like the biggest thing that I'm struggling with, whether it's professionally or personally. Okay. Okay. I like that. Acknowledging that fear isn't within you. Yeah. Will Smith kind of talked about this at one point, just the fact that fear is fake. Danger is real. Danger is real, but fear is fake. It's like, um, what is, I mean, I mean, there, there, there's there's you know there's got to be a healthy a healthy way to understand and realize that fear only essentially is enough to make us stop and look and take an inventory of what's going on around us yeah before we step into whatever it is you know like when you're sitting around camp and you're processing firewood for the fire that night you don't just pick up an axe and start you know, swinging it wildly. There's a little switch that goes off and says, you know, if I do that process, I may lose a thumb. So I should actually kind of be a little mindful and a little aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's funny because fear is like pattern recognition. Like literally it's pattern recognition. You recognize patterns. And then when something out of the ordinary happens, that you don't understand, you get this spike of emotion to tell you to be a bit more aware in the case of danger, right? Which is so yes. interesting because like you were saying, fear is what we um, paint. It's the paintbrush that we use to kind of paint our reality. Um, it just makes so much sense because it's literally not there. It's emotion coming up because you're not recognizing something as normal. And we all know that normal is subjective based on like experiences, information you've taken in and all of this stuff. And so fear can't be real because it's not consistent. It's just based on your pattern recognition and you can always change the patterns you're recognizing. So just something to think about. It definitely makes sense. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's almost that idea of trying to find a healthy balance because if you think back to our ancestors, fear is what kept them alive. Yeah, you know, and even with even with the analogy with the deer, they have to have that sense of awareness, and without it, it almost it almost looks like running into you know a burning building just for the sake of doing so, as opposed to, you know, do I do it? Is there really something in there that needs to be gained? You know, can I really make a difference? Yeah, yeah, just the ability to question the fear understand it see if it's actually valid or not because like we said danger is real although i will say 
when there's actually something dangerous on the horizon, I feel like things become very clear very quick. Like when life very true. Yeah, when lives are in danger, very few people get like paralyzed in fear and just don't know what to do and have this crippling anxiety. It's very much like a fight or flight response that takes place. Sometimes right. there's a, a freeze response, sometimes, but not usually. So yeah. But <coughs> if there were one or two people you can meet right now, Mike. And this could be a specific person or a type of person. They'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you? Well, it's you know cool that you asked that because actually I've done a couple of those really cool dream type meetings. Um, I've gotten to meet a couple of really cool outdoor columnists and so on and so forth. But I think nowadays it would probably be somebody within the realm of maybe meditation, you know, somebody that actually really has the ability to show me how to work it in a way that expands camp. And then outside of that, it would probably be some of the uh, more noteworthy survivalist teachers. out. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Survivalists. I didn't know there were survivalist teachers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Cool, man. And I, I think I'd like to do those sort of things and meet those sort of individuals just based on the fact that it would be something that would actually expand the, you know, the resources around camp. Mm. And that that's the thing that I'm always looking for is ways to expand and resources to tap into in order to further the project. Yeah, I got you. Well, what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet someone within the realm of meditation or those noteworthy survivalist teachers? That would probably have to be continuing to make the effort of stepping outside of the limiting belief system. Because I, I find myself a lot of the time when I'm looking for people to come sit down and have a campfire with and, you know, put the mar put the marketing out. Where in my back of my head, I'm like, you know, here's the, the facts and the realities is that it's worth doing and it's needed. However, then you think about it and you're like, man, in the small scale, I'm sitting in this deer blind on this cheap little computer. I've got my little earbuds in. Do I really have the platform to stand here and like, you know, reach out to these people and ask for their time and their attention in order to gain something that then you think about it outside of that story and you're like, you know, I do. Because if they say they can say no, obviously. However, if they say yes, Within that half hour to an hour to whatever the time frame is, it can be impactful and change and give something to both sides. Yeah. And that's something that that I remind myself constantly of. Yeah. No, I got you. Those um those limiting beliefs and that system of limiting beliefs, when you really put them to the spotlight, they don't make much sense. <laughs> and it's very true. 
because it's like it is objectively true that you reaching out to these people and making contact with them would be more beneficial to you, more beneficial to those people, and more beneficial to the audience. Like everybody's benefiting, but the limiting belief tells you, well, who am I to do this? And like, where is that question even like rooted in? Like, <laughs> it's like, who am I to do this? It's like, you are a human, just like they are a human, just like we are all humans, and we all like share that experience and want to benefit you know it's like it doesn't make sense when you actually like say it out loud and think it through but it holds so many of us captive because it feels so real and i think that's why it's cool when you look at nature like we said the animal medicine or the spiritual medicine from earlier you know it doesn't make sense when you have a limiting belief because when you look at animals it's like they're not really functioning with limiting beliefs because it, it wouldn't make sense out in the world just as it doesn't make sense for you and so i think that's a really cool kind of loop around of just like man these limiting beliefs are here the feelings are real but that doesn't mean you have to submit yourself to them because they don't make sense unless you want them to in which case we entertain them which is what a lot of us do so anyway yeah, that that has to be the biggest thing that this journey has taught me is Putting your thoughts and ideas up for review, questioning, yep. evaluating. Yep. I got you. Or as, uh, as Davy Crockett used to say, the idea of be sure that you're right and then go ahead. But you can't be sure you're right without exploring and questioning. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Say that one more time for me. Be sure. Be sure. Be sure you're right, and then go ahead. Uh huh. And then you add on to it. You think about it, and you're like, you know, in all reality, the only way that I can be sure is if I question the idea. Yeah. And I evaluate, given the actual evidence, and then I'm gonna know that I'm sure, and then I can go ahead. Even then, though, would you even say that you're still sure about it? Like 100%? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you know, given the outcome of his story, it's kind of hard to hard to really say with 110%. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when he ended up going to Texas, it was kind of out of anger. Uh-huh. And then he gets there and finds himself in the Alamo. And, you know, we all know the outcome of the Alamo and they knew as well what was coming. Yep. And you got to go and sit there and say, Hey, am I really sure I want to die right now? Granted, I'm kind of stuck where I'm at, Yeah. but <laughs> you know, cause at that point, if the answer is yes, you're not going to fight back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get you. Well, awesome. Mike, tell me about uh, what your favorite book, movie or podcast is. Pick one of those three. I'm going to go with my favorite book at the moment as got to be the Davy Crockett biography. You know, I find myself turning back to not only that biography, but also the Daniel Boone biography you know, over and over again, just because there are so many great examples of how somebody that walked the trail before me left of how to deal with situations. You know, we've already kind of touched on Davy Crockett a little bit, but I would love to give an example of Daniel Boone. You know, for everything that the legend that was built around him, 
when he died, literally the only painting that we have of him, the guy that painted it walked down the street looking for the house he lived in. And he was so obscure. Even his neighbors didn't know that he was living. Mm. And to me, to me, that's kind of like this beautiful idea of we're here. We think we're living this big, extraordinary life. But it really, if we're going to make this life meaningful and have a purpose here, we should distill our actions down to what is really important within a legacy. Because, you know, that legacy of Davy Crockett, Dana Boon, and every other frontiersman that came along, it was the key actions that spoke and built those stories. That's why we remember them. Because they chose not only the harder path to build themselves and build the life in the world around them, but they carried so much on their back. They didn't look for the posthumous fame of it. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. No, I like that. Thinking about what it means to build a legacy and just looking at that critically. I think it will change the way you act in your day-to-day life, for sure. It does. And, you know, it, it's something that I've discovered after everything. But I think, you know, given wherever your listeners may be at if they take those few minutes to kind of meditate on that and kind of really think about the idea of what distilling a legacy down to is, it really prevents a lot of the stumbling blocks, a lot of the, you could almost say, rock bottom aspects of life. Because you stop chasing things. You know, like maybe someone's battling alcohol. You know, you don't end up in that point where you get smacked with the DUIs over and over again. You have to, you know, force yourself to stop and go to rehab and this and that. You never end there, end up there because you start to control it more because you realize what I'm chasing isn't something that's going to be a lasting part of my legacy. I can turn that energy in a different direction apply it to something that's going to be more meaningful. Yeah. Well, talk to us about a way you like to take care of yourself. It sounds like meditation is what you do, but if there's anything else you want to mention, go ahead. Meditation, anything in the outdoors. I mean, I love getting out and just hiking or, you know, just pitching a tent for the weekend somewhere. Whatever's in season. It's just a matter of being able to connect, you know, because as I mentioned, that disconnect is, it's a very powerful thing to have to battle. So any chance you get to connect with elements and aspects around you, around in the environment around you, it for me is like the most powerful medicine that there is in the world because it helps me to combat that disconnect. And it helps me to continue to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we got our final section of the podcast, and this is all about limiting beliefs. So what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? I know we mentioned it 
a bit earlier, but maybe there's a different one you want to mention, or maybe we want to re-go over that one. Oh, man. You know, this weekend, it was very, very apparent to me. The idea of I don't deserve being undeserving and unworthy. And, you know, I think not, not only myself, but I think that's something all of us at some point struggle with. So the way that I've found is in order to battle is to actually put yourself in the experiences that you feel like you don't, you know, if you don't feel like you deserve to have love, a relationship, a job that would fall under the definition of a dream job, go out and take the steps to put yourself. And then when you experience it, then you're like, dude, that, you know, those limiting beliefs, like we mentioned, they're kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whenever you're starting to feel those limiting beliefs, go do the thing you feel you are limited by or you don't deserve. Kind of hold yourself to the fire, if you will. Right. Or even put yourself out in your safe spot. You know, like my safe place is the wilderness. So if I'm battling that idea of I'm unworthy, I get out to camp or I get on a hunt, get on a fishing trip, whatever it is, I do the work. And at the end of the night, when, you know, that adventure is over and I look back and say, you know what, even though I felt unworthy about say my day job, holding that position, if I can go out in the wilderness and I can do all the things to make it an enjoyable experience, then how am I not worthy of whatever it is, the concrete world that I don't think I deserve? Yeah. I gotcha. So not just do the internal work, but do the work to actually create the experiment experience. Exactly. There we go. Well, cool. Where do you think that limiting belief comes from for you? The I don't deserve it. For me, that was drummed into my head following many years in a in a mentally abusive marriage yep. that ended very, very, very bad. I think, you know, as the seeds get planted and they grow and you not only hear from other people the things that justify it, you start to really think those things. You become your thoughts. And, you know, when you hit those moments where you find the shift like I did, it really takes a lot of work to change the verbiage, self-talk. And, you know, that, that's been, it's really, that's been the fuel for the fire. Is that self-talk and doing the actual physical actions to build evidence to change that whole concept. Yeah. Do you have any limiting actions or inactions that reinforce this limiting belief that you don't deserve it? I didn't catch what you just said. It cut out for a minute. Oh, I got you. Do you have any limiting actions or inactions that reinforce your limiting belief that you don't deserve it? I think that would be probably the, probably the fact that I deal with a lot of isolation. 
because mm-hmm. of the anxiety. I like to, I've really built this habit of isolating myself from human contact and experiences. And as I become more aware of that, I'm making more and more efforts and strides to actually step in there and do that, you know, get back to doing the work. So, yeah. I mean, we're always evolving. We're always changing. And as we become aware of those things, it's in our power to make the decision to do it. And that's kind of where I'm at. There we go. Well, if you were to change that limiting belief of you don't deserve it into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be? That phrase would definitely have to be, you've done the work. You put in the time, the effort. Therefore, you're building it yourself. You're building yourself up to an opportunity to plant a seed. Therefore, watch the field and the tree grow. And as that fruit becomes ripe, you deserve to enjoy it. Yeah. Last question for you. What is your favorite belief about yourself? My favorite belief about myself has become the fact that I can trust in myself. I really have a worth and a value that nobody in this world could ever take away from me because I've built Mm. Love it. Well, Mike, that's all we got for you, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. It's been fun. Of course. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? Eh, you know, I think we covered just about everything that I had in mind. Okay. Sounds good. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Mike had to say, make sure to check out Project Mindfully Outdoors. The link to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.